Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we are wrapping up our summer series on questions of faith with a couple of questions that people asked about difficult relationships. Relationships are some of the best things in our lives, but they can also be some of the most difficult things in our lives. How do we handle those difficult relationships, especially when it comes from friends or fellow church members or people that we wouldn't always expect to be in a difficult place with? I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on questions about difficult relationships. I once asked someone how things were going at work for them, and they said, it would be great if I didn't have to deal with people. Relationships are some of the best things in our lives, but they can also be some of the most difficult things in our lives. Some people don't like to work in customer service because people can be so hard to deal with. Some people don't like to work in human resources because people can be selfish and demanding. Your coworkers can make all the difference in a job you work in. Your fellow church members can make all the difference in the church you call your home. Sometimes we are at a loss as to how to deal with difficult people. When we ask people what kind of questions they had about God and faith and life, we had two questions people asked about how to deal with difficult relationships. The first question was, why is it that it seems that those in the church are those who hurt you the most? I don't know, but sometimes it does feel that way. I think that may have been how the Apostle Paul once felt. In 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 18, he wrote this. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he has strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. 
The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul here is writing about some difficult relationships he had with people in the church who had hurt him. Some friends deserted him. He felt alone. A man named Alexander did him a great deal of harm. He said that no one came to his defense. Everyone deserted him. As Christians, we are not perfect yet. We are still growing. We are still being transformed. Even though we have begun a relationship with Jesus Christ, we still have some issues and habits and ways of treating people that we are still learning how to change. Some people who have been hurt end up hurting others. And until we heal and develop new habits, we keep doing it. Some people find it difficult to forgive. Some are still living in the past. If you bump into somebody carrying a bucket of vinegar, you get vinegar spilled on you. If you bump into someone in life, whatever is in their heart will come out and will spill onto you. And that even happens in the church. I once had a very difficult experience when I was living in California. I was viciously attacked by some church people. I was supervising a Hispanic new church development. After some time, we discovered some financial irregularities and had to shut it down. People blamed me and came after me. But the surface issue is often not the real issue. I think this was just an excuse for some people to attack me over some other matters that they did not like. I was involved in some regional and national church issues. I was working on making some changes that got pretty heated. A small handful of people got so angry with me that they tried to pressure me into resigning my position. When I wouldn't do that, they filed false charges of misconduct against me in our church court. They chose the nuclear option. They tried to take my ordination away and end my career. I have never seen anything so mean and vicious from any non-Christian. It was ugly. I had to spend 18 months trying to fend off rumors, half-truths, and outright lies. I had to endure a church trial and hire an attorney. I was forced to defend myself against a bunch of allegations that were not true. After a week-long trial, about half of the charges were either dropped or dismissed, and I was found not guilty on all the remaining charges. They had nothing. It was all rumor and innuendo. It turned out to be a scare tactic to try to get me to resign, and they failed. 
While they set out to embarrass me, they ended up embarrassing themselves. Instead of weakening my position, their false attacks against me actually strengthened my position, and I received more support from people than I had ever had before. The questions about my character went away, and I was completely vindicated. But whatever relationship I had with my accusers before was ruined. They had hurt me deeply, and it ended our relationship. It never recovered. Sometimes in the church, we talk about the doctrine of total depravity, which goes all the way back to St. Augustine and back to the Bible. This refers to our fallen sinful nature and how the only good that is within us comes from God. It shows how we are capable of deeply hurting other people. And while we expect this from some people in the world, we don't expect it from our fellow Christians in the church. But sometimes it happens here too. But as Paul writes about in 2 Timothy, he survived his personal attacks because his good friend Luke stayed by his side. It's also interesting that he asked Timothy to bring Mark back to him because Mark was helpful to him in his ministry. Earlier in his career, Paul and Mark had had a falling out and went their separate ways. But they must have mended their relationship because Paul was now asking for him again. Sometimes we are surprised when God heals our relationships and we become friends again after the passage of time. Sometimes it takes a while to heal. But God can see us through the darkest days of our lives and bring us to a better place. A second question that someone asked was, how do you reconcile with someone who doesn't want to receive your forgiveness? Sometimes you just can't. Reconciliation is a two-person process. Both people have to be willing to reconcile. If one person wants to reconcile and the other person doesn't, it's not going to happen. But it's also important to remember that you are not responsible for what someone else does. You are only responsible for what you do. You can't control what other people do. You can only control yourself. Romans 12, 19 to 21 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul is saying that we should treat people well, even if they don't treat us well. We should love other people, even if they don't love us back. 
give people food to eat, even if they choose not to eat it. Give people something to drink, even if they choose not to drink it. Reach out to people and give them the opportunity to reconcile, even if they don't take advantage of it. In his book, The Like Switch, Jack Schaefer says that we shouldn't try to engage angry people because they aren't thinking logically. He says the more angry people become, the less likely they are to logically process information. Angry individuals are not open to solutions when they are mad because their ability to think logically is impaired. The body takes about 20 minutes to return to normal after a full fight or flight response. In other words, people need time to calm down before they can think clearly again. Don't try to engage people when they are angry. Wait until the temperature goes down. One thing that can help is giving people an opportunity to vent their frustrations. Giving people the chance to get some things off their chest and to know that they have been heard and listened to can set the stage for a possible resolution. Venting can break the cycle of anger because it reduces frustration. They can become more open to solutions and think more clearly when they are less angry. Venting is not a singular event. It is a series of events. The initial venting is usually the strongest. It allows angry people to burn off much of their anger at the beginning of the exchange. Later venting becomes less intense unless more fuel is added to the fire to reignite it. After people have a chance to do that, we want to empathize with them. Empathy is the capacity to understand what another person is feeling from their point of view. It is the ability to put yourself in their shoes. It doesn't mean that you agree with them, but it means that you can understand why they are feeling the way that they are. Empathy can be the first step towards building trust. To empathize with someone, you have to understand how they are feeling. And to understand how they are feeling, you have to pay close attention to what they are saying, both verbally and non-verbally. What does their body language say? What do their facial expressions say? What does their tone of voice say? Listen for tension in their voice and emphasis on specific words. Sometimes it helps to reflect back to them what you hear them saying, to check out if you are hearing them right or not. This can help them see that you care about what they are saying and feeling and can help them to trust you. If someone is angry, that is usually the symptom of an underlying issue. If you can identify the actual underlying issue, 
let them vent about it. If you work to understand them and empathize with them, you might be able to reduce their frustration, begin to build trust, and begin to reconcile the relationship. The good news is what we read about in 2 Timothy 4, 16 to 18. Paul says, at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul knew what it was like to be left hung out to dry all by himself. He had been viciously attacked. And at first, he had to endure it all by himself. He said nobody came to support him. Everyone deserted him. I think this is one of the big challenges in our society today. I think we have people today who feel deserted. We have a loneliness problem. People don't feel like they have the support they need to deal with the problems in their lives. And some things are just too big to deal with on our own. And yet, Paul was gracious enough to ask that this lack of support not be held against the people who did not support them. How could he be so gracious? It's because the Lord stood by his side and gave him the strength he needed. He learned that the Jesus never, he learned that Jesus never abandons us. The Bible tells us he will never leave us or forsake us. And in Paul's darkest hour, in his most difficult moments, God was always right there by his side, giving him the strength he needed. Paul says that he was delivered from the lion's mouth. And he says that the Lord will rescue him from every evil attack and will bring him safely home to his heavenly kingdom. Paul realized that God had been by his side in the past. God was by his side in the present. And so he knew that God would continue to be by his side in the future. He had a faith and a confidence that kept him going. God's promise to him was not that he would never have to undergo difficult circumstances. God's promise to him was that God would be with him in the midst of those trying times. By definition, difficult relationships are hard to deal with. We cannot control what other people think or feel, or do. We cannot force other people to do what we want them to do. We can pray for them, try to persuade them, try to prod them, but they will make their own decisions. We can do everything we know how to do to reconcile with people, 
But reconciliation only happens with two willing partners. We are not responsible for what other people do, but we are responsible for what we do. So we have to do what we can. We have to make the attempts. We have to do the right thing and invite a good response. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least we tried. Sometimes we need to let some time pass. Sometimes we need to let people calm down and cool off and come back and try again at another time. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to be hurt by people in the church. He was attacked and deserted and abandoned, but he never became bitter. He got through some difficult times because God never left his side. God gave him the strength he needed. He got through difficult times because Luke stayed with him and encouraged him. And he knew in the future, Timothy would return with Mark, a relationship that had broken, but then healed and was restored. So whatever the conditions of your relationships are like today, do not let them make you bitter. We know that people will let us down, but God never will. Let's be there for each other in our times of need. Let's pray for each other and show love to those who wish us ill. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.